This podcast features discussions about finances and money, which are general in nature. For personal advice specific to your circumstances, see a licensed financial planner or relevant qualified professional. Hi, folks. Welcome along to another exciting episode of Looking Under the Hood, where we are unpacking the money stuff. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Narelle Glynn from Hunter Advocates, who is all about property. Property seems to be the big buzz, especially in Australia at the moment. We're having these all-time highs in the property market. So it's great to have Narelle join me. Narelle is a qualified real estate agent and buyer's advocate. Also a, I don't want to say professional renovator, but uh, has definitely done some uh, renovations in her life but he's really passionate about helping people to understand the property buying journey. Welcome along, Narelle. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much, Scott. What a lovely introduction. My big question to everybody who joins us on this podcast is, what's one of your early happy money memories that you've got? Yeah, mine came a little bit later maybe than some and I guess it's kind of a happy sad story because it came from having a family that had money struggles and money was super, Mm. super tight for us Uh, and so my happiest memory when you asked me the question was actually walking into a Commonwealth Bank branch at age 15 having uh, saved my first $1,000 from my part-time job. And so I rocked up with my money and placed a uh, a term deposit for a couple of years. And that was really putting the building blocks in place for me to be able to purchase my first car. That's really exciting. Do you remember what the interest rate was at the time? Oh, it was uh, about 5%, I think, on the term deposit. So a lot better than anyone's getting these days. Yeah, wow. And, and I, I guess, it, look, it's really interesting to, to talk about that because we're talking about the property market today and it, it is reaching these record highs and property values, like people are going to, to auctions or going to buy a property and it ends up being a, a, a hundred thousand or a few hundred thousand dollars more than they were expecting. And, and we sort of see that capital growth as one of those really cool investment drivers if we're looking at it from an investment perspective. But that, that income return with term deposits is also really fascinating. And I, I, don't, I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole with that, but one of the drivers potentially in the market today is that interest rate rates are now so low. So that 5% term deposit rate, you were probably borrowing money at about a, a six or seven percent interest rate depending on what the um, banks were putting on as as their margins at the time and so um, we are really in unique territory at the moment in that interest rates are so low I think I, I saw the best um, home loan rate the other day for a, a fixed rate at uh, 1.5 or 1.7 or something ridiculous like that which is yeah wow just crazy so it doesn't surprise me too much that all these growth assets, again, growth assets being property and the share market to a degree are going so well. But what's your take on the market at the moment? Like, is it at the top? Is it at the peak? What's going on? It's It's been white hot. We talk about in the industry, not just red hot. So obviously the first couple of quarters of this year, um, it started to turn around about the October, November timeframe after lockdowns uh, were starting to ease. Um, and there was a whole bunch of pent up demand from buyers and obviously the the economic uh, fundamentals there of, of low interest rates and also strong employment and, and relatively strong confidence mm. given where we'd come out from. So all of those factors were there and it meant that we were almost slingshotted back into 2021. And um, as you say, there were some pretty um, 
I'll say nonsensical uh, prices happening out there at, at auctions. But interestingly, at, at certain um, you know price points or property um, segments, I would say uh, it wasn't. You know, if, if you just read about the trends, um, you can just sort of sort of focus on on what the the media is beating up. But it was really complex and and nuanced, I think, out there in the market. So we've had ten percent growth in Melbourne uh, since the new year. Um, and, yeah. you know, they're saying anywhere between sort of, um, you know, 15 and some people are tipping 20 for the full year. But, um, you know, we can still can, can expect to see, you know, growth. So, so numbers in the green um, for certainly the next quarter and then maybe tailing off into the next year. But, you know, the, the fundamentals need to change. Either the interest rates need to go up um, and they're saying that that will only happen when we start to see the wage growth. Um, mm. Or you know something needs to happen from our um, our regulator APRA to tell the banks to reel in their their lending. Yeah, and and look, it's it's really a fascinating time. And and again, don't know about your opinion on this, but I've never seen so many sort of incentives for people to be buying or even renovating and all those sort of things that that were put into the market when when COVID first. Um, started playing out and, and now we're, we're living in the, the pandemic. I've never seen a government sort of respond so quickly on, on that front and it, it just seems like that has really um, spurred the market on and construction, renovation, all those sort of things are, are really going in, in the background. Where's it going then? Like I've had so many clients say to me recently, oh, okay, we've missed the boat. We don't want to buy. We're, we're never going to be able to get into the market. Look, I've got a view on that, but but what's your what's your take on what people should be doing with, with that thinking at the moment? I'm pretty opinionated on this. I think um, if if you're in the market, you're you're cool. You can just you know track along. You're, you're insulated against the, the market movements. We're going to continue to see growth this year. So if you are not in the market um, and you're planning to buy, whether it be your first home or um, or an investment property, for example, and you've got the funds there ready to go. Every week you wait, every month you wait without being, you know, sensationalist, your your buying power is eroding before your very eyes. So I, I do get quite sort of pushy and bossy on this topic. And I say, what, what exactly are you waiting for? Because I'd rather have the conversation now and get you um, looking and taking steps forward to purchase the property rather than come back in six months' time and saying, oh, I can't get what I want anymore or everything's gone crazy and, and sort of revert back into victim mode because you're, you're the only one that's going to be disappointed in that scenario. So it's much better to, if you've got money to buy right now, um, you know, approved, credit approved finance, um, sitting back and waiting is not doing you any favours in this type of market when we're confident that the, the fundamentals are there for growth to continue. And, and I think it's about playing your own game and, and often have said to, the, to clients, it's not about just buying any property. It's about, again, still looking for stuff that ticks the boxes for you. I mean, I had this, this conversation with my brother, him and his wife just purchased in Canberra recently and they were buying their home. So I'm like, look, this is going to be your house asset. So regardless of what the price value does, you're going to be in the market for at least the next probably 10, 15, 20 years in that property until you've at least got the kids launched. So play your game, play to your outcomes and what you're trying to deliver as well. And buyers advocates can be a great role because you often take the the emotion out of that uh, transaction for, for people in that you can actually stand between uh, the, the purchaser or, or people as, as your clients um, and the the auction or the, the sales process. So what does a buyer's advocate do first and foremost? 
Yeah, so we're licensed real estate agents. So we um, have all of the um, the regulation around us from consumer affairs. Uh, but we help buyers from search right through to settlement. So as you say, um, represent them in the market through the whole process. Uh, but not only that, in the background, we're experts on the property uh, market and on um, you know property valuations as well. So looking at analysing all the comparable sales in a particular target suburb, um, just to understand what would be uh, a, a value reflective of, of the market for any given property. And, and what that does for buyers is it really gives them that, that confidence, either when you're going into a private sale negotiation or going um, to an auction itself. I, I think plenty of people in the last six months have overpaid. And and in the long run, if, if they've got a long-term strategy, that's going to be okay. And as and so long as the bank hasn't um, come back and challenged the valuation, they're going to be okay. Um, but, mm. but it doesn't leave much flexibility. And I think people fail to remember that life happens and um, things can change in your personal circumstances. And if you've overpaid significantly, and a lot of people will have overpaid beyond a 10% range, their options are quite limited if they do have to, you know, liquidate that asset um, on a short time frame, and they'll be in a loss-making position for, you know, probably about 10 years um, if they've overpaid to that extent. So part of my job is to really give people confidence to go in and, and put their absolute best foot forward and to have the best chance to secure a property. Um, and that means that they're not walking away at a price below market and have missed out when they could have actually walked away with the property, but also um, they're, they're not paying what I call stupid money <laughs> for an yeah. asset. And yeah. when we've got a situation of FOMO, people are paying stupid money for bad assets, quite frankly. Mm. <laughs> so my yeah. job is to pull people back and say, hey, let's look at the investment grade fundamentals of a property. You know, what's its location? What streets it on? What style of home is it? What condition is it in? Um, and then work through that with them to, you know, give them a reality check of what it's really worth, but give them the confidence of where they can pay up to and feel comfortable with it. And I think that's a big thing because that, that emotion does pull in, especially if, again, people are buying it for a, for a house or if it is a first investment or, a, or another investment, the, the market is just so hot at the moment in that white hot. That's uh, that, that feels even <laughs> hotter than red hot. <laughs> well, the other piece I think, Scott, and you touched on as well is just that objectivity. Mm. I mean, mm. and, and, even, and particularly when you've got a couple dynamic, I think, helping people really hone in on what is their buying criteria and be really objective about that um, and why that's, you know, what's what's a, um, a deal breaker for them and what's a nice to have in their buying criteria. And then and then I can present them properties that are really objectively selected um, so that we can look at them as a team and say, no, actually, even though in my, you know, biased nanosecond review of this property, I might not have looked at it. Actually, it meets all our criteria and it's, you know, an investment grade property. So I help them kind of come back to centre uh, when perhaps their, you know, their preferences or their tastes might run away with them and have them overlooking properties that are otherwise really good buys for them. Mm, yeah, that, and I think that that objectivity is so important because, yeah, say in, in current market, all you need is two people to be emotionally attached to a property, and then we just see them uh, take off and and go. And, and look, I know you're you're Melbourne centric in in regards to what what you look at, and and probably even Victoria centric in in the projects and things that you've done in the past. Mm-hmm. But um, any tips for either, I guess, to start with first home buyers in in current market, like if, if people are going along to their their first sort of lots of inspections or they've they've pulled their deposits together and like right okay we're we're trying to make this work what what are your tips for them (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, the government throws some incentives at this particular segment of the market up to a certain point. So in Victoria, that point in Metro Melbourne is 600000 um, And so many first-home buyers will sort of say, what can I get possibly for 600000 when the median price is about a million? But they can get something. And I think I would encourage them to really consider it because what the government does is at that $600,000 market guarantees 18% of your deposit so that you don't have to get um, lenders mortgage insurance, which is very expensive, as you would know, in the tens of thousands of dollars. So it can mean that they can save $12,000 only and get in the market for, for under $600,000, um, which I would say if, if that's your best option, then use that option if it's available to you. Um, for other first-home buyers, you know, I would be pretty um, impressed if they've been able to save up to the 20% uh, based on what they want to buy because uh, that is, um, as I said, with the median price, that's uh, not, not an insignificant sum. Um, so bravo if they've done that. Um, go forth and, and kick more property goals. Conquer. <laughs> <laughs> Many first-home buyers are looking at different options and, um, you know, there's lots of talk about the bank of mum and dad and they've got a couple of options there. You know, if, if mum and dad have surplus funds, then then they could kick in some, some cash potentially. Um, mum and dad could go as, you know, tenants in common on a property and be a co-owner with you. Um, or they could also put up their own property um, as a guarantee against the mortgage. So there's a few options there for those who'd be fortunate enough to be in that situation. And, you know, people always say, you know, this is the the wealthy, you know, families. But interestingly, like, I know plenty of wealthy families who wouldn't do that for their kids just because they, they don't agree with that. They fundamentally disagree with the fact that they should be giving their kids, a you know, a leg up and they want their kids to get that sense of satisfaction and achieve it themselves. Mm. You know, so if you've got that option, that's great. Other options are, you know, go in with a mate. You know, if you've got a good relationship, you can protect yourself legally. So get good legal advice because it's really hard to go it alone. And, you know, I'm really I'm really keen, particularly for females, to take charge of, of you know, their financial security and futures. Um, so, you know, if you've got a, a good mate that, you know, you've known for a really long time, then, you know, go in it together if that's the way that you can get into the property market. That's a really good tip. And, and I think... Um planning times of peace for times of war. So make sure you get your legal agreements in place and, <laughs> and structure in, uh, in that regard. But it can be a great option just to get into the market because, as you say, when the market's moving as well, like if, if that becomes a property you're then living in and you're able to build up some equity in it, it might not be your forever home, but it might be then that, that leg up to then go on that, that journey into the, the property market. And the other thing I would say is maybe buy a place that you can rent out the spare room. You know, bring in, make it a bit of a share house for you to, you know, get through those first few years where, where it might be tougher and, and pay down some of that that balance on your loan and, and um, do it that way. So it doesn't have to be, you know, you living on your own. Um, it could be you, you know, taking in some housemates. Yep. That, and that, that's a great tip as well to, to really balance out that because I guess the cash flow stuff's really important. And with interest rates so low, the other thing I've been saying to people as well is do your numbers as though interest rates are at the long-term average. So do your numbers as though more interest rates are back at 5% because sure, you're going to be able to pay one or, or two and a half or three percent at the moment but just plan for that interest rate increase because you don't want to be exposed i think the the people who haven't planned well are going to be the the people that in three years time or four years time or five years time again i'm, I'm total crystal ball gazing here but when interest rates go up 
they then start to have to pay at that higher rate and lifestyle starts to suffer. And that never goes well. I've seen that so many times with people. The minute lifestyle starts to suffer, people are like, oh, wait a minute, this is this is painful. This isn't nice. I don't like this. This is a bit hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got some great advice early on when we took out our first loan and it was to, you know, if interest rates go down, just make sure you, you, you're keeping your repayments the same because you could afford it then. And so, you know, you'll, you'll really get ahead and, you know, usually that's in an, in an offset style account. Um, but, you know, talk, talk to, and as well, talk to your mortgage broker, have a, have a mortgage mm. broker and talk to them regularly um, and see if you, you're getting the best deal out there. Because I'm always amazed by people who say, no, I'm happy. I'm like, well, would you be happy if you knew you could be doing a whole lot better? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, or have a whole half a percent taken off your interest rate or whatever it might be. What, what are your tips for investors who are looking at the market at the moment? Like, are there any sort of tips or traps that people should be looking at? Yeah, I think, I think um, investors felt a bit hard done by over the last couple of years when first-time buyers were given a lot of concessions on, on stamp duty, et cetera, but they're coming back um, and, and they, they're coming back where they see there's, there's good buying to be had. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the unit market or the apartment market because that is fair to say that's tanked recently. So we could see them coming back in so long as the, the fundamentals start to improve and we start to get you know students back and, and that sort of thing. But I think investors... Um, it, it, it's the same. You're looking for a suburb that, that's going to deliver you your goals. So whether it's through rental yield and, and cash flow or whether it's through capital growth. Um, so they're going to be looking at, at areas where that, that deliver on either one or both of those depending on their financial goals. So the fundamentals never change. You know, you want to be... You want to be buying something that is in an, an established suburb close to great amenities um, and you can you can rarely go wrong when you're focusing on those things. You know, try and time uh, markets, certainly getting into some areas that might be looking to gentrify soon. Um, I think there's some there's some suburbs that have, that have still got some, some way to go there and, you know, picking up some, some great assets there would be where I'd be looking to spend my money, but probably not for a little while in the... Um, and the apartment market and certainly not off the plans. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a big thing as well. The um, uh, apartment market says there seems to be so many of them in, in every single capital city at the moment and, and a lot of them seem to be sitting vacant. We, and we've talked as well on the podcast before around the fact there are hundreds of different property markets in play in Australia at any point in time. And so I think Again, people who are feeling a bit anxious about how high property prices are, it's not about trying to um, set expectations around it, it crashing or coming down. I think it's just about playing to your your game plan. And so, as you said before, Narelle, if there's another ten percent in the the property market, that's that's still a, a good uh, a good return and, and starting point for people who are, are getting into the market over the next few months. Anyway, I think you've made a great point there as well about the the multitude of markets. You really need to segment the market based on what you're looking at you know, is it a house versus a unit? And is it, you know, a two bedroom or a four bedroom? There's there's a lot to unpack when you're looking at, at making a purchase and knowing what your goal is around that purchase, you know, is it to live in or is it to invest? And um, and taking it from there because, you know, we, we tune into a lot of what the media says about, about trends, but you really need to, um, you know, geek out a little bit and get, get right into the detail to understand exactly where it is that you're looking. 
an exciting story I had recently was um, some clients who were looking to buy up in, in Brizzy and um, they actually were, were getting that whole frustration markets everywhere going, ah, oh, what's going on? But I think relationships with real estate agents or people like yourself can actually be really valuable because they were, um, they'd sort of basically packed in because they, they missed out at an auction and they um, had met a number of real estate agents along their journey. But basically were um, on holidays and got a phone call from an agent going, this sale has actually fallen through because uh, it was subject to finance and the person who, who was successful at auction didn't secure their finance. And so um, it then went to a process that they said, oh, if you want it, this is the price. And they was like, oh, yep, looked at the, the link online and basically accepted the, the process. So it was a bit of a sort of off-market deal, so to speak. I don't know what your, your take is on things like that, but it, it's definitely, I think, the, the value in why um, people should be building those relationships and, and talking to people in, in the property space as they're doing their due diligence as they go. I could not agree more. And so many buyers are a bit... Uh, reluctant or cagey around sharing information with a real estate agent. And of course, there's certain things that you wouldn't be sharing, but they are an absolute treasure trove of information about the local market, pre-listing activities, what's coming on the market. Um, And they can also, you know, tell you what specifics about this particular property, whether it be about the asset itself um, or about the vendors and, and where they're at with their their price expectations. So I always encourage buyers to engage with with the real estate agent because they've just got so much that they can tell us. And to your point about, you know, being that person that the real estate agent makes contact with when they get access or contacted about an off-market and pre-listings potentially. Sometimes, you know, a pre-listing, you can actually get in before and, and stop it from going to market. Not always. Um, and then off markets, of course, usually they're, they're quite time sensitive. So if you're ready to go and you touched on another great point about um, landing pre-approval and how important that can be, can really put a buyer in the, in the front seat for a transaction and can sit you above uh, a competing buyer who, who hasn't you know, got that organised and lined up for the purchase. So, of course, any vendor is going to want to go with someone who's who's ready with the money. So, all of my clients must have their their credit assessed pre approval in place before we will get going on their search because it just it doesn't make sense otherwise. You're just putting yourself on the back seat compared to the competition. Mm, yeah, and banks are taking forever, and so uh, mm-hmm. it could be taking six to eight weeks for those approvals and things to come through processing. And I guess they're yeah, twofold. They're they're blaming COVID, I guess, for the processing and the, the fact their staff are working remotely. But I think they're also um, under the pump as well with the demand that's going on in the background. So. Look, Nira, we, we do try and keep these episodes uh, short and sweet. Um, just in closing, I guess, are there, are there any um, big big tips or any um, sort of last three that you'd shout out that you want to uh, put out there in regards to the, the market where it sits at the moment or for people who are feeling a little bit anxious, as I say, about the peaking out of the, the market at the moment? Any, any sort of last words or thoughts on that? Yeah, look, I would just say it's, it can be very overwhelming, but there's so much that you can take control of and, you know, planning, we talked about getting your finance sorted. And I would say to people with a market that is growing, get your finance sorted up to the maximum that you want to borrow. So don't, don't be going around looking, being disappointed in the market and then figuring out that you actually need another hundred thousand. And then I would say, become an expert. You really do need to get your research done and get your head totally in your target market. 
So the suburb, the type of house and and really start to track and monitor comparable sales because that's going to give you the best idea of what a property is going to go for and it's going to stop you wasting time on properties that you, you could never uh, afford and it's going to have you really confident about what you can bid up for the ones that, that you can. And then the other thing is, is that just nerves of steel, Scott, it's just about <laughs> sticking to that game plan and executing it because so many people just do all this great stuff, get the finance, do the research and then just freak out. So you've just got to have a strategy and execute on it and, you know, agree with yourself, agree with your, your, your co-purchaser that you're going to have no regrets and that you're going to agree and move forward and just do it. Yeah, and that is fantastic because action is often the hardest part in this. Again, you can listen to all the podcasts in the world, you can read all the books in the world, but it isn't until, I guess, the, the actual... Um, action comes into play that it goes through so there, there's some great uh, great advice there narelle thank you so much for coming along and joining me i, I am going to get you back uh, for another episode later because i'm really fascinated with some of the uh renovation but also sort of development stuff that um, we talked about uh pre this episode so really want to get you back in to uh talk more about that if uh, if you're willing to come along i'm going to put you on Ooh, the spot now to, to get a yes um <laughs> but look I'll, I'll put all your contact details in the in the show notes so people can reach out and contact you but um thanks so much narelle thanks scott great to be with you Good luck in the current market, everybody. As I say, don't be uh, freaked out by it. As, as Narelle said, like there's plenty of opportunity out there. So just become the expert, get comfortable with your decision-making around the, the market that you want to be buying into, um, and then go out and, and take the action. If you want to check out our blog online at moneymechanics.com.au, um, there'll be further resources there. Also, check out our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Instagram accounts where we often share fun money tips at Money Mechanics. Thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Hope you got something out of that. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. See you next time. <laughs>